Welcome to Spark, practices and habits that spark a deeper love. In this series, we're listening to stories from different people in the community about how what they do in their everyday lives connects to God's loving and renewing work in the world. I have conversations every week that inspire me as I learn from and about other people. Our everyday lives really can spark deeper love. For our first episode, I'm joined by Jordan Moss. Jordan has lived in Salt Lake City for about nine months, where you can usually find him at his favourite coffee shop slash vintage store, Old Cuss, in South Salt Lake. He currently works for Allies Bank's Community Reinvestment Act team. He loves exploring the city and learning new ways to connect and be with people. He loves film and is most excited for Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer this summer. Today, Jordan shares a lot of depth and intention for everyday life. Well, thanks so much, Jordan, for um, chatting with me today. Appreciate it. Of course. No, I'm excited to be here. I just, um, as we talk about what it means like to be human and vocation and what we do with our every days and our time, um, I know just from having chatted with you a couple of times in the past that you've been on a particular journey for yourself, um, specifically related to your vocation and a sense of belonging and community. So um, mm. maybe you just can kind of start it, your relationship to vocation or to work or to who you are. Yeah, no, of course. Um, so I think for me, vocation, um, and even the word I would probably use prior to that was calling, was kind of all about this idea that um, there's something that I was created to do, and it's my job to kind of figure out what that is um, so that I can kind of uh, kind of fulfill the thing that, you know, God has kind of specifically suited me for. Um, and I think that was a noble quest, especially in the beginning. I was like, really, you know, pulling from different resources, try to understand, you know, who am I? What are my natural gifts and talents? And how can I utilize those things in order to, you know, serve God's mission? But I think it also, there was a lot wrapped in there and kind of um, identity, uh, this, this, this desire to, um, I don't know, fulfill, you know, whatever kind of like, you know, even woundings or, um, mm-hmm. you know, brokenness that may have been within me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also kind of even, even what I've kind of received from my kind of like church background, just this idea that um, whatever you most enjoy or like to do should also be your calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that also caused a bit of confusion because I would do something, say, you know, in my entertainment job. And then when I had to leave that, I felt like I was no longer, you know, pursuing my calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Kind of, kind of on the journey from you know post grad, my first couple of years working um, in, in an industry that I thought I was going to be working in for a long time, and then having to pivot um, and move to a different state and not have that industry at all and have to completely do something different, um, it, it kind of made me question like what, what are the things and what are the the root and the the ideas that kind of inform that calling, um, and so just kind of taking on a journey of understanding that uh, what vocation actually looks like and how that can be much more. Um, tangible and incarnational to my everyday living instead of kind of this grand kind of like scheme, you know, thing that, you know, my grand purpose in the world that's going to fulfill some, you know, more time, more often than not, it's something in me and not really out there in the world. Um, so I don't know, that's a little bit of the thing behind it, but I can go in more detail. 
anyway, so that's kind of yeah. Maybe you can just talk about like you have this job in the entertainment industry. It sounds like you loved it, mm-hmm. pa- like passionate about it, like life giving job. And then you move states, you're in a different place. Um, and then like you named too, you have this history that you come from, maybe expectations loaded into mm-hmm. all of that. And then your own personal like wounding. Like, is there any piece of that story that you'd like um, to pick up and talk a little bit more about? Yeah, I think, um, and this is not like a, uh, a um like a negative stigma of kind of like my church upbringing but i was kind of raised with the idea that um i have this specific very specific thing that god has called me to do in the world and it's supposed to make me extremely happy doing it and it's not supposed to be difficult or sometimes i won't like it It, it's almost like a idealized version of um of like your job uh, I think a lot of times for people, you know, your, your nine to five can be uh, very monotonous and not very exciting, but your calling is supposed to be exciting every day, every day and dynamic and have all these things. And so I think I carried that idea with me. And so when I went into the entertainment industry, it was very much like that. And that's kind of just the nature of what it is, because it's, you know, it's the onset magic. It's the celebrity, you know, the celebrities, kind of that whole kind of like cultural air that exists kind of in the entertainment industry. And so leaving that also required me to kind of leave that industry required me to kind of like rethink my understanding of calling and vocation. Um, because when I moved from that to, to Michigan, um, on the other side of the country where I was working in the auto industry doing, you know, just a very kind of, in my personal opinion, not very exciting, um, not very dynamic work. Then it was kind of like, uh, you know, am I am I uh, working in a way that actually is against God's design? You know, am I like, you know, am I completely off my calling? And am I, you know, essentially wasting my life or wasting my purpose? Or is there, is there invitations actually in the work that I was doing? And those are the questions that started to come up. And I had some really good people in my life who were beginning to help me ask those questions to kind of better understand what vocation actually looks like when it's not kind of co-opted by, you know, this idea of like self-fulfillment. And yeah, so. So then now, as you think about work, like as it was, and then you think about work now, um, how would you describe, how would you describe what it was? And then how would you describe kind of where your frame of reference is for it now? Yeah. um, So kind of, where where it previously was was very uh, like monolithic like this one thing ideology where um if i wasn't doing that one thing then um i i'm living a very wasted life mm-hmm. but now um i think my understanding of calling is much more rooted in um andy crouch kind of has this idea of like the three callings um and and all of them are kind of rooted in this idea of you know one you know we're image bearers and so we're called to create and cultivate um, that's just our natural, you know, recreate culture, um, as, as human beings, we reflect the identity of God in the world. And then kind of two is we, you know, in conjunction with Jesus is doing where we're restoring images of, of those who've been, um, who've been dehumanized, who, you know, are in need of justice. And then the third, which is kind of the one I think most people think about is, um, the contingent calling, which is the calling that can change based on your season of life. 
Um, just this idea that, and that's the one I think most people, they put the most priority behind, uh, mm. where it's like this contingent calling is the one where it's like, if I'm not doing this one thing, then I'm not really, you know, living into that, you know, what I would consider my vocation, but really the contingent calling is contingent for a reason because it literally can change throughout your life. And, um, I mean, you may be doing one specific thing, but it can look very different depending on where you, where you are, what time you are, what specific season you're in. And so I kind of approach it kind of with that mindset and that framework now which takes so much more pressure off of um, how can I find this one, like that self-fulfillment thing that's going to create this impact in the world, mm-hmm. but more specifically, how can I live into the identity of who I am, who I created to be, but then on top of that, how can I steward whatever season I'm in well um, and allow that process to kind of do the work that it's supposed to do in me for the world. Like what has that shift? I mean, you said that that has taken the pressure off you. Like maybe because like it's not like your entire sense of existential being is loaded into like vocation. Yeah. Like I hear yeah. that at the beginning. Like at the beginning, it's like what you do kind of reflects who you are, like existentially, mm-hmm. big picture, like it all needs to and then like life hit. Right, right. And, that, <laughs> yes. and you're like, whoa, like life is hitting, and now that is being disrupted. And so then you get out there into a different place and you get this new found like rest it sounds like you were wrestling around with it mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and so as you were wrestling around in these three different categories that you talk about like a sense of identity like um image bearers and then the other one is like the work of justice and then this contingency if I'm hearing you correctly like this was this new framework that you got like what how would you talk about this current life stage that you're in and what it means for mm-hmm. you to be maybe using those three ideas as a way of like informing your relationship to work yeah i so so kind of like utilizing that framework and this is not like a rigid thing but it's just a, it's just a way that uh it just allows you to kind of map it onto your life no matter what what your circumstance or season of life Mm-hmm. Um, it just means that those first two callings of, you know, um, image bearer and, uh, you know, the restoration of image kind of, you can do that at any job in any place and any, anywhere you are in your time of life. And so it, it, it brings a level of, um, like, like stewardship and, you know, just this idea of like, how can I be a caretaker, you know, in any aspect of my life? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like I said, it kind of removes that pressure of, I have to be doing this thing that I like think is like super cool and fun and exciting and all you know kind of all the things that we want our job to be and it allows us to focus more on how can we actually kind of tend to the things that God is like have is right in front of us mm-hmm. um and so that that is uh that was an eye-opener for me and then kind of the contingent calling aspect of it is um after years it's been about really three years of really asking myself like what am I called to do and and, and you know I think it's also just stage of life too. I, you know, I'm I'm only 30 years old, but I think there's like a level of naivete that you bring, you know, you know, when you're younger. And so just that that level of development just happens where you kind of start to take your eyes off yourself and like more look more at what are the needs of the world. Um, and you look at who you are, the needs of the world, and you say, okay, how am I how am I best situated in my life to help um participate in what God's doing, which is to help all people flourish to help um, all creation um, 
you know, be renewed. And so um, the vocation is not only my nine to five job, but also kind of the identity, the the calling and everything I do outside of that job. But but they all are kind of um, in communion. And so they all are working together for whatever the, the thing that you feel you can best participate in what God's doing in the world. Hmm. And so then as you like unpacked this and like got this notion of yourself in a bigger way, maybe that's not just singularly located in needing this thing that you do called work to be the only container that holds right. meaning and purpose. Like what is that then meant for you as you've wrestled with, okay, what job do I want? Like, cause the job is like you said, it's, it can change. It can be, it's more fluid and flexible. Right. Definitely. Um, And, and it, it allows me to, your, so vocation or like I said, in this sense, calling can kind of shift um but it always kind of ties into that wider vocation no matter where you're at um and i think i think for most people there as you said we we have we put so much of our ourselves into the um the the job kind of calling aspect of things that we um kind of completely miss the rest um and and also it just it also leaves us for it, it leads us to a lot of um, unmet expectation because we put so much weight into that thing. And so I think for me, that has kind of turned into um, like, I kind of went on a, a, a really kind of deep dive into who I am and what I feel like is the the most simple kind of understanding of who I am and what like my deepest desire is like in the world, um, which takes some time. And it really takes some time to kind of like discern those things about yourself. But for me, that looked like, um, I like to make friends. <laughs> it's something extremely simple, but it's something, but like, that's kind of wherever I go, I understand that like my desire is one to like build a relationship with other people, but two is to help them feel um, welcomed and belonged in, into whatever um, group or, you know, association, whatever I'm involved in. I want to make people feel like they're at, they're at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of like the base that I really discovered is that's who I am as a person and I'm gifted for that too. Um, and I've, it's always good to have people in your life who can help you walk through these things. But my natural gifting is to, to build relationships with people. It's like extremely easy for me to meet someone, um, and make them make a friend. Uh, and that's like a unique skill. And then that, that kind of very simple yet very, um, important aspect of who I am is kind of the motivating force for kind of my greater vocation, and it, it supports what um, what I what I hope to do in the world. And so that's kind of what was like the base and starting point. Um, once I kind of figured that out, which is once again, I think most people they're kind of like, but that's not very specific. But it really is because then you kind of know I can do that no matter where I'm at, and that's a contingent aspect um, in any job in any place. I know that I can make friends and make people feel like they belong. Um, and so if that's, that's my, my direction I'm going, then I never feel like not even never, I, I never feel like I'm not doing what I feel I'm like it, it is the deepest aspect of who I am as a person. And what a marvelous thing to do. Can we yeah. talk about how marvelous that is? Like the notion of realizing that you have this 
like not only like as a as a skill set I guess but yeah just that you know that you can help people to feel that sense of belonging that's it's beautiful yeah <laughs> well thank you no yeah I I'm incredibly grateful that that's how that's like my my internal wiring and that just and I think in a lot of that's informed by you know my my upbringing, you know, the the places I've lived, um, the people I've encountered. Um, and, and once again, that's everybody's wiring is beautiful. And it's just coming first is coming to the understanding of like, first, I have to love how I'm built, you know, uh, how I'm situated in the world, like, you know, my history, my natural gifts and my and, and the things also that I'm not good at, because, you know, I'm, I'm good at making friends, but I'm not good at a lot of other things. And that's okay. Um, but it's not until I kind of fully realize and accept who I am that I can actually kind of fully live into the reality of, you know, uh, the, the way that I'm built and, and what I'm called to do, um, which took a while because I think so many times we, um, we, we build this sense of self and we always are trying to live into that self. And it's not until we, um, it's not until we like in so many ways decide to, uh, fully accept who we are, um, and our limitations um, that we can actually accept and move into all the potentials of our life. Um, I think that's like the hardest thing because then it's like, I cannot be this person, but I, it's the gift. I can be this, this person who I'm actually called to and not kind of this idea, idealized version of myself. Yeah, it's like, you get to be who you are, not who you like. Yeah. Like you get to be who you are and you don't have to right. be the idealized version, which feels like chasing after the wind. Right. <laughs> like that's so we can go a couple of directions like I'd love if you depending on where um makes the most sense for you like when you think about this deep sense of who you are knowing that you are able to make friends and in doing that you're able to communicate this sense of belonging to others like build community and um reflect back mirror back to people in that invitation in that acceptance in that like making your friends belonging I'd love to hear kind of when you said yeah that's part of my culture where I'm from like there's a lot of things that went into to that we could talk I'd love mm-hmm. to hear about that or if you want to talk about like what that means now in terms of like practically like what your job is and then how you apply that sense of knowing about yourself into the work that you do, like either direction. And we could go both directions, but those are two things that I'm just interested in after hearing what you said. No, those are great questions. Um, well, I, I can answer the first one and then we can go into the second one. Um, so we, I think so many times people, they will find themselves, in a, they'll find themselves wherever they are in their life and they'll decide that this is what I want to be. Um, but they will not take into consideration everywhere they've been. And so um, everywhere you've been, your, your past and your history has to inform your present and your future. Um, otherwise, you, you'll you'll be making decisions out of a place that's not rooted in how you're formed as a human being. And I think also the beautiful story of, 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 of your life. And so um, I, I grew up, uh, I grew up having an ability and having an opportunity to make friends from all different backgrounds and cultures. It was just the nat- nature of, you know, we 
we kind of just, I grew up in California, but we kind of moved around. And so I just had the opportunity to just make friends from all walks of life, especially kind of as I got to middle school and high school. Um, and so that was like a huge uh, forming aspect of, of my identity and my personality um, because everybody's not exposed to different nationalities, cultures, backgrounds, religions. Um, and so it gives me a flexibility to, to, to be able to relate and connect with people you know, um, no matter where they're from. Uh, so that's kind of an informing aspect of who I am. And also just this idea that I think I, I you know, I grew up, even though I was uh, very social, internally, I always felt like an outsider. And so um, with that information and kind of like, that informs the way that I see other people. I kind of understand the idea of what it feels to be on the outside. And so I can help people bring people in. And it actually, it makes me that much more motivated just how just how I'm built to um to to bring people into the conversation, to bring people into the community, to bring people. Um, really, it's kind of this idea of recognition. How can I like see you, fully see you, um, and 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 kind of um, see your value, see your worth, and kind of that 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 second aspect of calling, which is like the the restore identity. Um, how can I provide dignity to you in a space where people aren't really acknowledging you? Um, and so a lot of that that history kind of informs kind of who I am today. And so taking that kind of understanding of, of my my personhood, but also just history of like, I went to a certain school, I ended up choosing a certain degree. Like those things could be chance, those things could be me actively choosing them, which I think a lot of that was, but at the end of the day, those are the choices I made. I have a degree in economics and I've worked in finance and accounting. Like I could, you know, if I really felt like I had to, I could like completely change careers, but I, my career has given me a certain level of skill and access to a very specific area of the world. And I can either one, choose to ignore that, or I can choose to kind of live into that history that I also inherit. Um, mm -hmm. So, and that, that has practical implications, obviously, mm -hmm. which I can talk about. But. When you think about like the internal feeling that you had of being an outsider, mm -hmm. like, I think that goes back to what you said initially about like even our woundedness can play into being a strength eventually. Like, and I don't know mm -hmm. that that was a wound or I, mean, I don't want to like write over what you're saying, but I think it just made me think, oh yeah, there's these moments or these experiences that we have that form and shape us. And they, yeah, they, they have the capacity to be generative. I was just wondering like, if you wanted to talk more about that, like what was it that, made you feel like an outsider and it may not be that there's anything specific but just interested to know about that or if you even know no, that's a yeah I um no that's um I appreciate the insight because that was a huge part I I knew um and kind of back to that recognition piece um uh babies are the only way the babies can survive is if their parents actually look down at them um it's like a it's like a mechanism for survival and i think when um if you're a child of divorce or of any type of family fracture and you don't have a parent who looks at you there's like a level of recognition that you don't receive and so you kind of develop in a way that you know develops insecurity and so um even though my father was in my life consistently uh, my parents got divorced when i was four and so I grew up, I think, without that level of affirmation in my identity, which which um, was kind of the root of a lot of that insecurity, just not knowing truly who I was, um, specifically when it comes to masculinity, because, you know, 
cultural narratives don't really inform masculinity very well. And so um, that always, that that became a way in which, um, as you said, it really was a wounding. Um, and uh, a lot of times that wounding maybe didn't play out in the way that was the most healthy, which a lot of times how things happen. But I think as, as, as I grew up and um, as uh, really as I was truly healed from that, um, it really became a redemptive um, aspect of my personality. So now I don't operate out of a place of woundedness. I'm actually able to um, utilize that uh, that place of healing to hopefully help restore others. Um, and so that's, it took me a while. It took me a very long time, not only to recognize that, but to kind of move to the process of healing because it just takes a long time because it's such a, um, it's such a deep aspect of your kind of, your, you know, your inner being that it takes a long time. To, and it's still there. Like, I think we, you know, life is a journey and it's a process and healings happen over time. And, um, but I'm at a place now where I truly can operate. I can allow that, that kind of, that history to inform how I, you know, move towards others. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. No, no you're welcome. You're welcome. So then there's this discovery that you have of who you are and you realize that who you are gets to play out in whatever you do. Like the who you are is the big question. And then it's mm-hmm. like the what you do is it's not unimportant. Like it does it never eclipses the who you are. And then the what you do, um, there's an interplay between the two. So now maybe you could talk mm-hmm. about like having discovered who you are in many ways as you reach towards, you know, you've talked about finance, you've talked about economics, and then it's like, and so how have you merged the who you are and what you do at this stage in your life? Yeah, um, so kind of understanding, um, like I said, that that history informing piece and who I am and 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 accepting that and also just um uh being excited about who I am kind of that that fully you know realized identity of like um this is who I am and uh you know I always think about that line when Jesus was baptized and you know it was God said like this is you know this is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased and Jesus hadn't really done anything yet like at all you know it was like prior to his like you know ministry and so just kind of like realizing like like I said, operating out of an identity of, of wholeness and um, like rootedness allows you to do things um, from a place of, I think, true love and, and, and true, like, um, there's nothing separating you from other people. And so, um, like I said, understanding, like, you know, I ended up getting my degree in finance, um, you know, working in, the, working in that world. And then probably over the past, like, three years, I, you know, I, I discovered that, you know, along with that passion of relationship building, community building, um, that I enjoyed understanding. And this is probably informed by why I ended up getting a degree in economics. I understand, I like understanding the way in which like the world works and, you know, kind of going back to that first original calling, like, how do I, how do I make this world a place for people to flourish? Because I want them to feel a part of this wider community. I want them to find identity, recognition, wholeness, kind of those things that I never felt like I had. And so um, the way in which you do that, and it's kind of, this is like my mindset as I'm kind of going through this journey. It's like, okay, I, I am built this way. I have the desires to help people feel, feel um, belonging. Um, I have this certain skill set. It's like, how can I actually 
pull this all together to to be in the world in a certain way that actually facilitates that. You know, for instance, I, I realize that if if, if I want to help people, if I want to um, look at take a broken system and um, and and fix it, it's going to require me to kind of understand how things work, and so that's kind of the exploration of economics and how you know communities work. But then it's like. What what angle do I have? Um, I was at a bank working kind of on the auto side of the bank, but there's other ways to work. And I did some digging in my company and I realized that we have a whole aspect of our company that actually works in kind of the community development space. It's like, oh, okay, well, my skill set, my, my histories can actually facilitate that. So I pursued it and was able to get a job working in community development which, you know, um, I'm developing this idea of like proximity. How can I be close to the people I want to serve and, and also understand that world, right? Because I think the idea is not how can I do this thing, kind of going back to this this huge idea of like calling and vocation. How can I do this thing super important now, but more of how can I develop the skill set that will allow me to serve the people I want to serve over a long period of time, Um and so like working in community development, like understanding at the ground level, what are actually the needs of the people? Um, how does, how do people become homeless? Um, why is there an affordable housing crisis? Why is, uh, why is generational wealth so difficult for people, you know, um, from, uh, you know, small, you know, lower economic backgrounds. And so being able to kind of learn in these spaces will actually over time put me in a position where I can create um, create an environment where people can actually begin to heal, begin to be welcomed into a community um, and, and, and and better whatever city or place I'm in because I actually understand kind of the wounds and the issues that are happening there. You have this realization of who you are. You have this um, clarity around what training you've got, which is economics and mm-hmm. finance. And then you have maybe even like the next step of like okay I need to like you contextualizing your understanding like who you're with so then and just by the way it's a lot it's a lot of work that's already (laughs) like you said at 30 but like these it feels like we could start this one with 50 or 60 or whatever but these are just really good questions to be pressing into like no matter where we are so yeah, just, it's really inspiring that you've already done all this like intentional work. Um, so then I guess maybe just for the sake of like a visual practical day to day, like what mm. what does all of this look like? Practical day to day, Jordan Moss. <laughs> yeah, um, my... Uh kind of like directional aim um, is from joining uh, Jeremiah 29, 29. And at the very end of that, the Israelites in exile. Anyway, it says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city because um, in their peace, you will find peace. And the word is shalom, um, which is like, you know, the nothing, nothing missing, nothing broken. And so it's like, how do I live into nothing missing, nothing broken in my community? Um and so in my job, so I work in community development. Um, every day I'm not uh, engaging with community development leaders. I'm not, you know, doing all this, you know, the dynamic stuff that we think. Um, I'm working on Excel spreadsheets. But the Excel spreadsheets I work on help finance affordable housing. So directly sending money. So I directly send money to 
organizations that are actually building affordable housing. So that's like extremely practical. Um, and once again, it can be it can be very monotonous, but I have to constantly remind myself that the work that I do is like a silent prayer, where it's like this money I'm sending, even though it can be it can seem very um, distant from the, the the impact, is actually making an impact in my community. Um, and so that's kind of like on the the very day to day level work piece. But then kind of vocation, you know, and just my understanding is like holistic, and so. Um, how do I see? So that's me seeking shalom uh, in my nine to five, but I still want to seek shalom outside of that. And so um, for me right now, that looks like uh, at least once a month, I'm volunteering at a, at a local organization um, that is helping, you know, the homeless, um, helping refugees, um, kind of working towards kind of renewing my community. Um and so uh, through my job, I have the opportunity to do that with one, with one local organization. And so it's like being very intentional with that, which is all about stewardship and tending. Um, but then outside of that, it's like, how, how do I make space in my life to be very intentional with um, like understanding the landscape, contextualizing, understanding, because you can't understand the issues unless you serve, unless you like listen. Um, and so uh, there's so many organizations in Salt Lake City that are doing amazing work. And so it's like, how can I volunteer with all of them? And then find, I think my next step would be um, committing to one um, because it takes a lot of work and intentionality to actually make impact. And so um, that's kind of the next step, at least on the volunteer level. Um, but it also extends to just everyday life as well. Um, intentionality when it comes to um, when I go to my coffee shop. So I intentionally picked a specific coffee shop that I spend time in. I get to know the people there. I listen to conversations. I get to know the owner. Um, being very intentional with like, uh, where is Shalom missing here, and how can I participate in what God's doing? Because God's already God's already there. He's already doing something. How can I go there and attune to what He's doing in that space? And so that's kind of like in all aspects of life. It should be a holistic thing where, no matter where I'm go, I'm doing that kind of calling of renewing, building community. Um, uh, reaffirming identity, kind of all those things. And that picture should be holistic and it's not perfect and it's going to shift and change. Um, like, I don't think I'm going to be in this aspect of community development forever, but while I'm here, I have to be very intentional with whatever specific things I can learn and support. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what it looks like. The word that comes through for me as I listen to you is that you are a very intentional human. And maybe again, that's like part of an identity. And so I think for some people, it could feel overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, be that intentional about like self-examination, <laughs> like who am I? And then this like, so maybe you could just give like, I don't know, what would be your encouragement um, from your journey? Um, a kind of invitation that you would um, throw out there to this whole group of people that are listening that you probably want to be friends with <laughs> and invite yes, them yes. in. Like, how would you invite them into this, like to belong in this kind of um, approach to understanding the self and understanding the self in relation to others and to God? Uh, yeah, that is a really good question. Um, one and this is kind of the, it was extremely freeing for me 
was kind of that identity piece. Like you aren't what you do. Um, and so I would just start from the base level of like, I'm not failing. I'm not, um, I'm not like misliving. Um, my life is valuable and purposeful just for me being in the world. And so I would start there, just the identity. Um, and I would even like, there was a season where I just would reaffirm my identity over and over again. And that was kind of even part of that, that wounding healing process. And I think um, understanding where you are wounded um, and that's just kind of your history. I think understanding where you come from, the people, you know, you, you've been raised by the, the social cultural aspects that shape you as a person, um, whether that's your ethnicity or your religious background or you know, your education or school, whatever that may be. And I would just take time to reflect on that because all that's important. Um, nothing is wasted. Uh, you know, I, I think God can constantly redeems so much of who we are and actually utilizes that. And I think that's even understanding kind of like the seasons of life where there's things that die or they seem like they die kind of in the winter things kind of like every, the trees are barren. Um, and sometimes life feels like that way. And so I think just seeing life as like more of a seasonality, there's things that I just cannot do right now. Um, and it's, it may be a winter, but you know, spring and summer will come back around again. And so just understanding that um, I don't have to accomplish everything right now in order to, to feel purposeful. Um, and then just get good people around you. Um, this was not all me in the least bit. I had amazing people who were speaking into my life who could observe and see from the outside. Um, who are asking me the good questions. Um, and so just bring people along on the journey. I think that requires a level of vulnerability and trust and risk. Um, and, you know, which which is just all a part of life. But I think just um, understanding that, you know, the good people in your life and allow them to kind of speak into it because they, they love you and care about you and they do want your greatest good. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, look for good resources. I... On top of great people, I also did a ton of reading, um, a ton of reading, a ton of self-examination, and a ton of just like reflection. Um, there's a quote, I can't think of it exactly, but it's like, we we learn when we reflect. Like we kind of learn when we, we we think about something, we think about a past experience or something of that nature, and we understand maybe what the issue was or our understanding or conception of it. And then we are able to kind of process and understand how to make a different decision forward or just or even our our understanding forward. So um, I would kind of look at all those aspects of life and, and yeah, and just realize that life is a slow journey and um, you may not be who you truly want to be now. Um, but I would like, I, I started to count like 10 in, 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 you know, decade increments, you know, I'm 30 now and it's like, what am I doing now? Um, what am I doing now? That's going to inform who I am at 40 and at 50. And at 60, um, because you're going to be much better at whatever you're doing in 10 years and another 10 years. And so, you know, you don't have to be, you know, I don't know, you, you just take time. You know, life takes time and it's slow, but the progress will happen. So, I think that's such an encouraging thing to know is that it's okay for things to take time. And um, yeah, that's really encouraging. So maybe what would be like, if there was one reflection question that you would encourage someone to ponder? Um, I would guess like, it's more of three questions and you actually kind of um, 
uh, asked them earlier, I would ask like, uh, how am I like, like, how am I made and who am I like really like not like who do I want to be, but like, like how, how, like, how am I history? And then I would say, where am I? So where am I in my life? Um, like, you know, that means like stage of life, uh, you know, married, single, whatever it may be job, you know, age. Um, and, and like the how and the where will inform the, the kind of next step which will be kind of like that of a calling and vocation because then it'll it'll be the um hard to describe but it's like essentially those will give you the building blocks that will help you discern and give clarity to the actual steps that you need to take um and so i think like i said looking at who you are in your history and then looking where you're currently situated will be very telling of not only what you're supposed to do now but also where you're going um and uh, like I said, the, the how piece, the history, that's something you can just kind of go over, like all the things that have made me who I am. Um, and then the where you are is like, you know, I'm in Salt Lake City in 2023 um, at this time in history. I think that's really important, too. There's some really important questions to ask about where we are in history. And I think this dive a little, little deeper, but um, I think our response to um, our vocation also has to do with the time we're in. And so if we understand, um, you know, if you think about the, uh, you know, the evangelists or the, the revivalists of the past, they had a specific season that they were trying to respond to. And um, we live in a very, very different time in history. And so our response should be um, in accordance to the time that we're living in. Um, and so I think, you know, this is, I, if your vocation is to kind of, um, you know, go off to some grand thing, I would ask yourself, like, is that is that really informed by what is actually needed in the world? Do we need another billionaire philanthropist or do we need faithful people in their neighborhood? You know, um, and so those big questions, I think, will start to inform, you know, vision going forward. So. So, so insightful, like, how am I? Like, who am I? And then where am I? And not just where am I, like, locally, but like, where am I in terms of in the world, in this moment, in time, in history? And then the, like the what comes out of that. Right. So good. I feel like I could talk to you all day <laughs> just to go on and on and on. So good. Um, any last thoughts? I appreciate it. We've been going for a bit, so might be good to say um put a put a bookmark in it until next time but anything else that you feel like you would like to say or want to say or that there'd be space for or i don't know i think um no this has been a pleasure and no i'm, I'm very excited it always i'm doing a lot of thinking myself and it's, it's still it's in the process which we all are um but i guess i would leave people with the idea of um tension and mystery um i think uh, a lot of the things a lot of the narratives that inform kind of calling vocation are all about certainty and um uh, if you look throughout the scriptures no one knew so um i think just modeling just this idea that there's mystery out there that is just not going to be solved in your lifetime and, and being able to live with that tension um because i think a lot of times people are looking to relieve the tension of having to 
continually pursue and continually to retool. Um, but that's just a facet of life. And so I would just leave you with that. And that's something I'm trying to embody myself. And it's super challenging because we so desperately want comfort. Um, but if you kind of live in that tension and allow allow just things to be unanswered, um, I think it'll serve you well. Hmm. Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Just feel really thankful for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to do this. And thank you for just, you know, all that you're doing at Missio. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm learning and growing and just being um, challenged in so many ways that uh, are bringing new life. So I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful. Great. All right. Well, I think we did it. Awesome. Awesome. All yeah. right. After hearing from Jordan today, there were lots of insights and lots of practices that came through from our conversation. But what stood out to me was the beauty of how action moves out of reflection and a deep sense of identity. So maybe some good practices from this conversation would be to lean into self-reflection. Maybe you could spend some time affirming and reflecting on your true sense of beloved identity, allowing people in through vulnerability that you trust to be able to affirm that sense of beloved identity. Ask those questions that came up that he named. How am I made? And who am I? Where am I? My life stage, my time, my neighborhood, in history, where am I? Often our next steps come out from those questions of self-reflection and intention. Could be what small decisions could you make today that will grow you into the future, understanding that things can take time. And then finally, where are you being asked to lean into mystery? Our everyday lives and practices really can spark a deeper love.